Chudanoofadoofy-poopy. Chudanoofy-doofy, nipoopy. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners. This is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo, and over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello, there he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit that like button and subscribe, podcast listeners. Leave us a five star rating and review. We are going to recap all three of last night's games. We're going to hit the beach a little bit later because it's freezing cold here in Atlanta. Tass has tweet of the night, but man, last night Shams, Shams and Sam. At the Athletic, reported that the Raptors and Pacers are in active talks on a deal that would send Pascal Siakam, a mainstay in the rumor mill for uh, I guess several seasons now, to Indiana in exchange for a package that includes Bruce Brown, his cowboy hat, I believe, some other salaries, <laughs> and then three first-round picks, and that's got everyone very intrigued. Three first-round picks for Siakam. This guy's on an expiring deal. Anyway, nothing has happened as of yet. It won't be official until, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after we do this podcast. But what do you think here of uh, Shams and Sam's report last night? Pascal lovers. This one's for you. Uh, Pascal (laughs) Siakam to be dealt for three first-round picks. It may seem high, but I think if there's one team that could trade high for Pascal Siakam, it is the Indiana Pacers. They basically aren't paying anybody next year other than Halliburton. They've got lots of room to give for him. This guy could be the best guy that they could get in free agency as well right. because there are some guys who will be free agents, but they could be signed uh, to other deals by then. I think this is a team that could offer him the max, a team that desperately needs defense, a guy that can guard one through four, one through five. He'll be 30 this free agency when it comes to it. So are they giving up a lot for an older guy that may not even sign there? I suppose you could think that, but 30 ain't that old. Uh, And I think he's going to play on the ground a lot. I think he'll be fine. I I do like to think the Raptors would keep him, but after making the quickly and Barrett deal to go along with Barnes, I I understand why they would move Siakam Mm -hmm. to get a hell of a lot younger, uh, like the rest of their timeline is. And to get Bruce Brown... In a Darko Ryakovich team that just wants to drive, kick, and repeat, drive, kick, and repeat, drive, kick, and repeat, he would uh, fit in. But who knows? We're talking about it right now here on Wednesday, January 17th, if this will happen. Is this a rumor just to drive up the cost? Hey, Sacramento Kings, are you listening? You need somebody. You want to play small ball with Tabata Sabonis? Get Pascal Siakam behind him. Hey, Philadelphia 76ers, just go for it. So who knows if this happens? But it sort of makes sense, even Mm. though that those are picks are also probably just going to be, you know, between the 20s and 30s, just like Pascal Siakam was. They aren't going to be great picks. They're Pacer picks. Yeah, players. yeah. Indiana currently owns a 2024 first-round pick from either OKC, Houston, the Clippers, or the Jazz. It's very complicated, okay, but there's an extra first-round pick it's in there. It's the worst one, though. Yes, it's the worst one. <laughs> currently number 27. Yeah, that's right. And then they <laughs> that's own That's a Pascal all... Siakam pick, right? There you go. <laughs> they own all of their own picks, the Pacers do, from 2024 to 2030 so they have their own um but what do you think about the sort of idea of going all in with three first round picks for a guy like Siakam uh whether or not you know he's going to sign there is that too much do you think that makes sense that they should do it get him in the door play with Halliburton maybe have some success and he wants to sign there what do you think it's a lot to give up for Pascal Siakam it's 
not totally dissimilar to the Bulls trading for Nikola Vucevic coming off two all-star seasons. He was 30 at the time, like you're saying, Tess. Uh, Siakam will be turning 30 um, in not too long here, and it probably makes the Pacers about as good as it made the Bulls. A playoff team, certainly, with a chance of winning a first-round series if uh, the matchup is correct. So why would Indiana do this? They haven't won a playoff series in 10 years. That's surprising to me. I thought it would have been a, yeah. a little more recently at the end of the Paul George tenure there, or maybe uh, the Sabonis and Turner tenure, but they made the first round quite a bit, and then they would lose the first round series. And then the past couple of seasons, it's been play in and out. Giving up three first round picks for a guy you're not sure would resign, that's a big risk. But like you're saying, what they're betting on is that Siakam would enjoy playing next to Tyrese Halliburton rather than just rolling the dice and saying, hey, you might like it. Let's give you four months, six months of proof of concept to see how you fit next uh, to Siakam. So, yeah, the money for the Pacers, it ain't really that big of a deal because they have the lowest payroll in the league this season. They're going to have money to spend in the offseason, and they just have to think it's smarter uh, to get a little bit of a trial period there. And if it's the Raptors, do that deal in a second. Bruce Brown, win-now guy. They can stay competitive this season. They could extend him next year if they decide to pick up his team option, or they could let him go and try something in free agency plus three first-round picks. Even if they're in the late 20s, you can package those and trade them for somebody. Maybe a Siakam in the future. Who knows? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Indiana would likely need to still add about $8 million uh, in salary to make this, uh, again, hypothetical work. So I think Hollinger had it out there. Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, Obi Toppin. And then the three first-round picks, uh, that would be a salary match. All three of those guys would be expiring, or could be. Brown has that team option, like Trey just said, uh, next season at $23 million. Indy could take back Otto Porter Jr. to uh, into cap room as part of a trade. So maybe you're looking at something like that. But obviously, Bruce Brown, the key player, and then these younger pieces... Obi Toppin going back to play with his old Knicks bros there, uh, maybe in uh, R.J. Barrett and quickly. Um, and then the picks. That's the the real takeaway here. I assume I saw here in the article, quote, sources briefed on trade talks between the two teams say that there have been several back and forth proposals made. Hmm, I wonder how that's gone. Masai going, all right, we'll trade you Siakam, but we want Benedict Matherin. Pacers saying, no, we're not doing that. Okay, we want Jairus Walker. Pacers saying, no, we're not doing that. Okay, we want Andrew Nemhard. Pacers saying, no, we don't even want to give him up. I mean, I assume it's something like this. Okay, well, you got to give us more draft picks. Okay, we can maybe do that, and we're still figuring it out. Because I assume the picks are nice, but a lot of reports were like Masai and Bobby Webster on the Raptors' side. They do want like a young prospect, a young player. Bruce Brown is good. But maybe not the, not the type guy, of player yeah. you're looking for to fit the timeline. They they would dearly want one of those other guys. Of course they would want one of those other guys from the Pacers, but Pacers should be smart to hold on to them. Yeah, Andrew Emhart, another Canadian on the Toronto Raptors. Seems like they're trading for every Canadian out there. <laughs> that that could work. Even the Buddy Heald, who is an expiring deal here, could work as a three-point shooter. The Raps could let Gary Trent go this offseason, so Buddy could fill in there if he's to get another one. I know he is an older player, but really this is what the Pacers – want to do they want to get somebody on their team instead of just waiting for july 1st and say uh can you come here can you come here they just hope that they can get but uh they can get pascal siakam and say we will give you a max deal uh and and win the uh the bargaining because they're a team that needs to do it and and they have lots of they have lots of money come next season really it's halliburton signed to a, a, a big deal and then it's miles turner at 19 per that's there's lots of room and you get a, one of the best free agents on your side, hopefully convince the guy that they're going to give him the deal because the Raptors don't want to. So the Raptors have Barnes and Barrett 
and obviously quickly. They don't want to pay him the max money. So I think that's what the Pacers are, are trying to win here. And uh, maybe this is maybe this is all a facade. Maybe this is just I mean, to get every be. every other team bidding a little bit more. Um, but it also looks like a facade because last year they didn't get a, a thing for Scotty Barnes, and then they didn't get a, a draft pick for OJ and Obi to see three all of a sudden. It just doesn't seem like that's happening in the NBA at all mm-hmm. right now. Uh, any other final thoughts? on uh, the likelihood of a Pacers-Raptors-Siakam deal going down here today, this week, and the three weeks coming? I'd like to see Bruce Braun at the Calgary Stampede. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he would enjoy that. He would go. He would absolutely have a blast. Uh, (laughs) We can make that happen, I'm sure, whether he's in Toronto or not. All right, let's get to the games uh, last night. We can make it happen. (laughs) We'll send him. We'll send him with a camera. Yeah, uh, I've been to the Calgary Stampede, and (laughs) I knew somebody that made it happen, so I'll reach out to them, and we'll try and get Bruce Brown there. Uh, Okay, the games last night, let's start with Joel Embiid scoring 41, outdueling Jokic as the Sixers topped the Nuggets. We had this one on playback for the second half. Thanks to everybody that joined us there uh, live on playback. Some of you watching on YouTube as we simulcasted uh, the game. Embiid, 41 points, 7 boards, 10 assists. Jokic, 24 points, 19 boards, including a career-high 11 offensive rebound. Old tippy-tip man there doing his thing. 3 assists, but Embiid late there, TK, scoring I I believe 10 consecutive points in the fourth that sort of made the difference what it was. And uh, he gets another win over Jokic. And Philly picks up a big one. Shades of 47 and 18 last year in Philadelphia against Jokic in Philadelphia. What? I'm just saying Philadelphia over and over. I meant Mm -hmm. to say January the second time, but basically the Nuggets have no way to guard Joel Embiid. Uh, Yes, Embiid took over in the fourth quarter, scoring 10 straight when he went into Thanos mode and said, I'll do it myself. But he was awesome the entire night. They tried to single cover him with Jokic early in the game. He scored seven straight. Eventually, they put Aaron Gordon on him. He really competed hard, but he gives up a lot of size and height to Joel Embiid. So Embiid could back him down or just more often shoot over the top of Aaron Gordon. Only six points in the paint for Jokic last night on a night when he scored 41. That was impressive. When Gordon was guarding him, the Nuggets started sending a lot of double teams at Joel Embiid, sometimes triple teams. He had 10 assists. He was seeing the court so well and was happy to get off the ball. Then he also took six three-pointers, only the sixth time this season that he's taken five or more. He was obviously feeling it uh, with the jumper, getting warm from mid-range and then stretching it out to the three-point line as well. This was a dominant performance by Embiid. It was and. cool to see in a back-to-back <laughs> and see. Um, it was dominant, so it's a good way to end it uh, because uh, he, yeah, he was obviously fantastic. It was cool to see him in a back-to-back scenario because of all the injuries he's already had this season, where he's sitting out games and probably won't M- win MVP because he's not going to play in 65 games, as the new rule says. So it was cool to see that. It's cool to see that in the last two games against the Nuggets, even though people rip him for not playing in March. He's at 41 and 47 against Jokic. Pretty good stats. He has a 6-2 and two record, I believe, when he plays against Jokic. He hasn't played in Denver since 2019. There you go. Okay, mm. so a lot of these at home. Yeah. Still. Why doesn't he like playing in Denver? He doesn't <laughs> the like runner. the altitude. Uh, but, yeah, but, but harder. <laughs> but, yeah. but I guess he's saving himself. Uh, I think it is key to save himself for, much, for the postseason as much as he possibly can because he's always just a... Not himself. He's missed so many games in the postseason. Uh, and uh, last year, he just started to, to slow down. So, back-to-back, it was great to see him perform, especially the jumpers. I mean, he hit 13 shots, 10 of them outside the paint, um, just a couple at the rim. When he's hitting those jumpers, what are you 
absolutely supposed to yeah. do. Uh, it was it was great to see Tobias Harris, another free agent coming this offseason. He's playing for a, a contract. Help him out. He was really, really key. Everybody on the floor, though, could score last night. Even Nick Nurse, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, when he was interviewed after the third quarter, uh, he said to Ali LaForce, it would be great if somebody played some defense out there because nobody's playing defense. It's totally <laughs> true. Um, everybody was sort of waiting for the fourth quarter to come, but then Embiid just stole it. There was a little defense played on Jamal Murray down the stretch from Patrick Beverly. Morris helping out. They sort of shut him down in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, you know, Murray was having a good game, but I think he went 0 for 4 in the fourth. And a lot of that was like Pat Bev sort of draped all over him. So a little, a little bit of defense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw, according to ESPN Stats and Info, too, Embiid became the first opposing center this season to have more points and assists than Jokic in a game. The only other one to do it in the past two seasons was Shengun back in uh, April of 2023. So, uh, Pretty uh, pretty impressive game there from Embiid. I love the assists, like you said. Like the idea, like when the jumper's going, okay, yeah, he's a nightmare. But they got the small guy on him, and then Jokic is sort of like hanging around, sort of baseline. He's trying to get out of the key, doing his little dance there. He got called for three seconds uh, defensively there once, and he's just like not fast enough to get to these guys in the corners. And Embiid was splashing it to like either Tobias Harris or you know a Batum on that one beautiful play where he didn't even drop the ball and hit the three. Um, he was finding those guys and. It's a tough matchup because, yeah, you're either putting Jokic on him and a beat can sort of cook him, or you have him roaming and, you know, he's not, uh, you know, the fleet, most fleet-footed big guy in the league, so it's tough for him to get out to those corners with all those shooters. And Embiid has gotten so much better as a passer. You know, he's not on Jokic level, uh, but no one is. But he's gotten better and better, I think, every season as a playmaker. So It wasn't just the corners, fun. though. The Nuggets, to me, were confused defensively the way they were playing. There were so many times when they would go into double Embiid off a of pick and roll, and they would leave Maxi wide open on the same side as Embiid. That's the easiest pass for yeah. him to make, and Maxi is a great catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Uh, so he got into a flow. He outplayed Murray. Uh, Murray was definitely bad in the second half, two for 10. Uh, he had a couple of turnovers, like I said, in the fourth quarter. Both kind of like took the air out of the Nuggets as they were. One of them, they had the lead. One of them, he threw a bounce pass and hit Jokic in the knees. One of them, he hit, uh, hit Aaron Gordon in the knees with a bounce pass. He was just out of sorts. And if Jokic is going to get outplayed by Embiid and Maxi's going to outplay Murray... I mean, yeah. the Sixers should win that game, yeah. which they did, because they also got great X-Factor performances. Tobias Harris, eight points at the start of the fourth quarter. That was huge, because the Nuggets were kind of struggling with uh, Murray leading the way out there. And then Nick Batum, like you said, I guess he's the Z-Factor. Two threes, including that crazy one in the corner. Bad pass by Embiid. Good look, bad pass, but yep. awesome of uh, Batum to save it. He had a couple assists. He had a couple of blocks, and he just makes every hustle play. It seemed like it was just going to be addition by subtraction, trading James Harden to the Clippers. But the fact that they got Batum back in the deal and he's just such a savvy player and is always in the right spot, that was a great move by Daryl Morey. Yeah, can't wait to see what they do if they if they think they're that close to try and even go for an additional player. But when you see games like this where you have performances from Batum and Harris and even the bench I thought was really key, Patrick Beverly was on fire to score eight points. Uh, and, you know, to, to to be super pumped up, Marcus Morris, who was also part of that trade with James Harden, slapping Marcus Morris's chest when he got that and one. They look like a team that wants to go get it, that's for sure. They are sort of aged, uh, a few of those guys. Yeah, I, I'm three weeks away. I wonder what Daryl Morey is thinking. As Joel Embiid gets older and older and older, does he decide we got to go for it right here, right now? Uh, because they have a lot of guys to deal if they want to. Um TBD. I wouldn't knock Maury or the Sixers or any team really like trying to add more talent to a, to a team to go for it, but let's be honest. All of their success hinges on Embiid. 
Like, he should have a Dirk run in him here. Or a Jokic-like run in the playoffs. He needs to do it for 20 to 25 games in the postseason. Like, the guy's, like, unbelievable right now. But, okay, it's the regular season. We've seen it. Do it come playoff time. That's, I mean, that's, they have enough. I think that's, they're, they're, they're proving that to me because he's enough, is my point. He just needs to have it going Again for four series here, and and he could. Yeah, this this absolutely it's could true, be. But we just we see a different guy in, in April, know, May, and June. We really, we literally always do, and and I think that that's why you see him hanging out a lot more in the mid range area instead of just going banging guys just to save those legs as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's damn good, and uh, I mean the, the guys the teams are going to double him to get him the ball out of his hands when he's standing at the free throw line, like happened with the Boston Celtics last year. So the other guys just have to be ready. Uh, to hit shots, and Maxi has to be awesome come a postseason. He's never been a number one guard in a postseason either, so that's going to be pretty damn important as well. And he was great running the pick and roll with with Embiid last night. I have two uh, sort of weird questions about Embiid. One, when it comes to MVP, let's say he plays sixty four games, and you had a ballot, your Tim Bontemps, your Shams, whoever, can you vote for Embiid for MVP? And they just then throw out the vote because he obviously wouldn't qualify, or do they say? You can't even vote for those guys. Cause I, we you, I think they're disqualified. Yeah. You can't vote for them. Yeah, why, okay. would you, why would you? Uh, well, to like sort of send an FU, I think, to the idea of the rules. That's why I was curious whether they could. Maybe we can look into that. The other one, uh, a lot more sillier, uh, the DX crotch chops. He's been fine before. He did it last night. He did. Dropped a, you know, three or four there in rapid succession when he was going on that run. I think it was maybe after the N1 jumper, if I on remember correctly. Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Um, so, so when do you get fined for them? If you do them in some guy's face, you're good. If you just do it to the crowd, you can't do it at all. Like, will he be fined for this last night? Probably. Yeah, it's sort of weird. I would think so. I mean, he was fined for it earlier this season. Yeah, I know. I know. These ones were less dramatic, though. And like I mentioned on playback, I think he's uh, trying to make a distinction between crossing the arms strictly DX, <laughs> but when you do it with the arms open like that, you could at least say it's a blocking call. I'm just calling and one on him. Yeah. Block it versus suck it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. If the fans keep copying him, the fine may be coming. Mm. Because if it's just Embiid, a quickie, no big deal. But it looked like a fan was doing it right beside his son. <laughs> and, and, you know, it gets, it's getting a little weird. It's getting a little awkward. Uh, but I think this rule changes after this year that you have to play 65 minimum games. I know that's sort of a load <laughs> management. this year. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and it's going to be gone. I think. It's funny because Embiid... Never plays more than 70 games. Even last year when he won the MVP, what was it, 66 last year, 68 the year before. He's never played in 70 games. So that's what he is doing. He needs to save his legs for as much as possible, and that's why he needs a number two guy to be great in the postseason just because it's hard. Uh, so I don't know. The guy won MVP with 66 games last year, so if he plays 64, what's the freaking <laughs> You know it's going to happen. You know he's going to be right there at the threshold. He's not going to get there. And then there. there's going to be a massive debate, and that's why I was wondering, like, yeah, can Zach Lowe, I guess Zach Lowe doesn't want to vote for this stuff anymore, at least for all NBA. But yeah, will he be like, no, I'm giving it to him. And they're like, you can't do that, Zach. He's like, I don't care. I'm a principal. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on. The Suns, they ended the game with a 23-4 to run. They beat the Kings. 119-117 on uh, KD's free throws. Fox uh, getting a little too close there. Got him on the arm. It was a foul. He hits them. They win. Uh, the Kings, man, just threw away two games in a row. I mean, this is just classic Kings here. This is brutal. They couldn't hit free throws to put away Milwaukee the other night. And then this one, complete collapse down the stretch. A little uh, prevention offense. Never did them any uh, good. Bad shots. Bad defense. And they lose. 
Uh, and a big part of it, Vogel going small, putting Katie at the five, and then they ripped off this run. But, uh, oh, Sacramento, man. <laughs> oh, man. They just have gut punch loss after gut punch loss. They're either getting waxed by the Pelicans, who they can never beat, they're losing to the Hornets, they're losing to the Blazers, or then they're playing really good teams. They look like the better team for like 40 minutes of the game and then give it away. Ugh. That's why they got to trade for Pascal Siakam. Make <laughs> the deal. Just, just go all in. It was interesting seeing Kevin Durant at the five spot. The last five minutes and 11 seconds, they decided, okay, KD, you're going to the five, and that's when they went on that 23-4 run to end this game. And I wonder if in the future here, they're going to play Kevin Durant in key moments in fourth quarters at the five. Yeah. It's a little like the Golden State Warriors decided, okay, you know, when they won the championship, we'll play Draymond Green at the five. Durant literally could be starting at the four, for sure. Nurkic is going to play. Uh, but to decide how we're going to beat teams, that could be the way. And Durant obviously was hot on both ends, 15 points in that fourth quarter. Scored, uh, he was just scorching on that end. But then the block, the number five, the block of De'Aaron Fox while just standing up at the three-point line. He didn't jump. He just stood there and blocked, <laughs> standing from the right side of him against the lefty and was able to just reach across. You could have maybe called it a foul, but uh, Durant, I think, likes it. Uh, he's apparently talked to Frank Vogel about it in even the offseason, but maybe maybe it's because he is a little bit older and he just wants to be at that end as much as possible, but it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tax you because you're going to switch every single time. That's what they're going to do. Um, it was weird because the Kings have beaten this team twice already this mm-hmm. season, uh, and it looked like it was coming again. <laughs> yeah, should have been number three here, but uh, they gave it all away. Grayson Allen had an awesome game. This guy's hooping. No doubt. 29 points last night, nine threes. If you want to be generous, you could say he had a near 5 by 5 Five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. He's stuffing the stat sheet. Guy, second time in two weeks, he's made nine yeah. three-pointers. He's shooting 48% on the season in January, 32 for 60. That's pretty good. Wow. He's shooting 56% from the corners, and he's always in the corners. He had five last night against Sacramento just from the corners. Uh, the Suns are not a huge three-point shooting team, but they made six in the last eight minutes of this game going small. They switched everything. The Kings got really stagnant trying to attack yes. switches. It turned into one-on-one basketball. It was very similar to me uh, to the way the Warriors used to be, actually, when they got Kevin Durant. That's why they got him, because teams figured out, you play ball movement. You want to do dribble handoffs. You want everybody wheeling around the perimeter. So we switch everything. It makes it tough. Turns it into a one-on-one game. And that's definitely what happened uh, last night. Then the Suns were smart. They ran in transition. They were getting out uh, into the open court, I thought, a lot in that fourth quarter comeback. And that's a nice win. Nice win for the Suns. Disappointing loss for the Kings, but they got a better record through 40 games than they did last year. Yeah. I guess it's just like some of these they've just like they've blown so many games they should have won they have should have a much better record but that was a hell of a comeback and uh, I shared the clip I think you saw it there on uh, Twitter this morning too they were up three they were hanging on Sacramento was and for some reason they like have Sabonis their center like over half court you know I get the idea they're trying to get like the eight second violation on the Suns but he falls over and then they're complete disadvantage there's no rotations and Eric Gordon again they're down three with like 45 seconds to go they need a three or an easy basket and he's just wide open in the corner I mean you get ping 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 like no one even close to him no one even close to I him. mean it's just like that's embarrassing like what what why are, was Sabonis out there exa- sure fair <laughs> I know why if he's out there why is he at half court <laughs> yeah. it's insanity so they deserve to lose when they do boneheaded things like that. But, wow, what a comeback from Phoenix uh, in a game that Booker didn't really play all that well and or even Beal. It was 
<laughs> Katie and Grayson Allen. <laughs> Grayson Allen going to be in the three-point contest? I guess so. He should, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Suns broadcasters. Eddie Johnson was yelling about it. We better see him in that three-point contest. And it's funny to see Grayson Allen because it's, it's you get the typical ride with Grayson Allen. 29 and 20 his last two games. Oh, yeah, baby. Two games before that, five and eight, yeah. respectively. It's the Grayson Allen experience. Um, but, but overall on the season, he's probably been the best support player. Easily. To the big three sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because everybody is sort of up and down. Yeah. Eric Gordon started hot, uh, but has cooled down. That's for sure. But he had a couple big threes, obviously. Yes, wide open. It's an interesting team. An interesting team there. Uh, the other game from last night, Paul George scored a season-high 38 points to lead the Clippers over the Thunder. Entertaining game. Um, you know, the, the Thunder were down by a decent amount. They stormed back. They took a one-point lead, and then Paul George said, no, 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 not tonight. He scored uh, 11 of the Clippers' next 14, hit a couple threes, had that big steal and dunk uh, to sort of uh, ice the game, and just an awesome line. 38 points, six threes, seven boards, five assists, zero turnovers. This guy's on his way to making his ninth All-Star appearance. Like, he's going to be on the team, I assume. Uh, with the way he's played in 2024 and the way the Clippers are, like, putting together all these wins, I'd sort of be shocked if the coaches don't select him at this point. What about Kawhi? Both of them. I think they'll both be there. Okay. Honestly, I mean, I think they're – I mean, he's having – A lot of All-Stars in the West. So. Yeah, yep. yeah, but they're more – Guard heavy, I feel like. I think he'll be okay at the forward position. They're but. helping themselves the way they're rising up the yeah, standings. Yeah. Because there's not going to be many teams that get two guys. That's that's 100% true. Uh, but they are climbing, locking in that fourth seed right now. Yeah, and this is uh, without uh, Zubats, who is going to be out for at least four weeks. And so the Plum Dog gets the start. He has a good game. Him and Tice sort of uh, have the uh, center minutes there. And uh, they get this victory again. This was a fun game. Like, really, really good game between two good teams in the Western Conference. But really, Paul George just took over there, TK. Yeah, 18 points in the fourth quarter. And you see the benefits of having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there. There's only one tall wing on the Thunder who could guard last night. Jalen Williams was on Kawhi for a lot of this, which left Lou Dort on Paul George. Lou Dort was giving great effort. He was there for the contest, but he is five inches shorter than Paul George, so he was just shooting over top of him. Mm -hmm. That dunk really surprised me. I thought he was going for a layup, and he threw down a reverse. That was pretty nice. And like you mentioned, Zubat's out four weeks. Luckily, they got Mason Plumlee back right at the same time. time. They don't play the exact same way. You know, Zoo's a lot bulkier. Uh, Plumlee, I feel like, has a little bit more passing skill or something like that, but they're both role guys as compared to Tice, who kind of hangs out at the elbows a little bit more. So it's nice that they got their Zubats clone back rather than having to like figure out a five five out sort of deal. Uh, Good stuff from the Clippers and good stuff from the Thunder, I thought, actually getting back into the game. Jalen Williams uh, was the leader of that to me. They just got out into transition all the time and he was the guy either pushing it, dishing it, or just scoring. Uh, I thought he had a great game. Yeah, it is great to see uh, Mason Plumlee back because he was saying a couple weeks ago, he said, I, I don't need to come back, coach. Just just play Daniel Tice because he's willing to sacrifice. Everybody willing to sacrifice on this team, obviously. Uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. We don't have to be number one guys. Let, let's just do our thing. And so he is desperately needed right now. Set up Paul George with that beautiful back cut pass uh, early on in the fourth quarter. Uh, Paul George doesn't usually make that back cut. Uh, but he's, he was trying things, and that's why he had such a great fourth. Set you up with a, a crossover, quick quick three, hit threes from the corner, seven of nine in that fourth quarter, and then sealed it with that dunk. 120 left with the steal, and it's more like a 270, 360 type dunk than a reverse <laughs> dunk because it's, it's not like his back was facing the uh, facing the rim. It looked like more like his 
dunk in the dunk contest way back when he was in there. Uh, so he's looking like he can take over. Uh, and he's playing for a contract, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. This ain't just this ain't just your Intuit Dome, Kawhi Leonard. I got to get paid too. So interesting <laughs> stuff this offseason. It, it Save some of those toilets for me, Kawhi. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they just started selling season seats only after the Kawhi contract. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know what their team is, so they had to decide, all right, we're going to sign a guy because Paul George could be a free agent. Harden's already won. Westbrook has already won. Uh, and, uh, yeah, who gets the middle stall? Kawhi? <laughs> Fighting for stalls. <laughs> Not the locker room stalls. A, no. Is it an <laughs> honor to get the middle stall? <laughs> Harder? Yeah, an yeah. honor. Oh, an honor? I you got to share a wall with two guys. I would rather have an end stall. <laughs> yeah, an end stall. I'd rather have an end stall, too. Yeah. <laughs> James Harden's the middle stall, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Right. Westbrook, too. Uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys might be right. Now that I think about it, like, there's a lot of talent in this league and in the West that Paul George uh, maybe gets squeezed and maybe doesn't make an all-star team uh, again. But two things going for him. Or maybe three. One, the Clippers record as they're uh, putting together these wins. Like I said, they're on a hot streak. Two, the timing of it all, right? You want... To have your best month, probably like in January, uh, you'd prefer that more than maybe the first month of the season because it's like fresh in the coaches' minds. In 2024, Paul George is averaging 27.5 points per game, 5.5 boards, 3 assists, and he barely turns the ball over right now, shooting 53% from the field and 48% from deep. Again, that's in 2024. So that's uh, going for him. And then the final thing is, you know, Paul George was an all-star last season, and these coaches, they tend to be like, hey, that guy's an all-star. That guy's an eight-time all-star, man. He's still awesome. Okay, you're an all-star again. That's exactly so, what happened last year. For I, sure. I, yeah. I think yes. he, I think he actually, uh, just the timing of all this and uh, how he's playing too. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he might get in there uh, when the coaches select, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, anything else from those games? Last no. night? I know we got more on uh, Balmer and the Intuit Dome uh, a little <laughs> we bit <do>. later. <laughs> uh, no, it was great to see podcast P uh, playoff P. I couldn't think of a, a closing word that started with P. That was perfect for him because because this was perfect this was the P? closing P. Was that perfect P? Yeah, but more of a closure game because he was, you know, mm. 28 in the second half, 18 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. There's, I synonymed it. There isn't <laughs> not, a perfect not a good one. one. There's just not. There's a, there are some P's out there. It's not, put them away, P. Put them away, P. That's pretty That's good. good. That's nice. nice. Put, right. put them away. Put it on basketball <laughs> reference. Put them away, P, when he goes off in the fourth quarter. I like that. Okay, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, though, we're hitting the beach to answer your questions. Don't go anywhere. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, it's absolutely freezing here in the Classic Factory, so let's hit the beach. You got the buzz, I got the rockets, you got the nuts, I got the chocolates, we got that chit-chat down pat, blah, 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 you got that certain special, Genesis let's go to the beach, baby! Oh yeah, let's go to the beach like we're Vince Cellini! Bundle up. And let's read some of your emails and your tweets and your YouTube comments and uh, get to some of the questions that you guys had. Uh, We got some good ones here. Uh, First one comes from uh, Nathan Benjamin in NYC. I recently dove into the whimsical world of NBA Twitter and stumbled upon a thread by John Corrales discussing the NBA belt. Oh, yeah, I remember that. In another corner of the Twitterverse, I found at Dwight's face offers a unique statistic, tracking the frequency of Dwight Powell getting hit in the face during a game. I didn't know about this account. I got to follow this. Uh, This leads me to ponder about the rich lore of unofficial NBA statistics. The wedgie, for instance, has become an iconic part of NBA culture. My question to you, the experts of the hardwood, is this. What other unconventional or unofficial NBA stats or trends do you think deserve recognition and tracking? Again. That's from Nathan in NYC. You can go follow Nathan there uh, on the Twitter slash X. Uh, who's got a good answer for this? What uh, unconventional, unofficial NBA stats should we start tracking? I've got too many answers. Oh, okay. I'll do one. Just quickie. This is uh, totally from last night. I had others on the list, and then I just saw Kevin Durant stand and make a block shot without jumping. Oh, okay. So I just want okay. standing blocks, literally guys that don't have to jump, and just see who's... Who's, who's got them in the in the league? Because Victor Wembanyama could have one. He sure. almost blocked John Morant when John Morant two dunk two hand dunked him on on him uh, after that crossover. So just a block shot without jumping. We'll start with that. No jump block. Both I feet like have that. to be on the ground, or will we have like detailed stats like one foot saw on the ground? Yeah, it is going to be annoying <laughs> uh, for everybody working at the sideline. Did his toe leave the floor? Did his one foot leave the floor? It's tough. Right. Did he, did heels as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think if any part of your foot is on the floor, counts. You're not jumping. Yeah, true. You're just reaching. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with that one. Right. You're not technically jumping, even if just one foot's in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one head, foot is on the floor. Feet yeah. have to be on the floor. Foot, okay. Feet, foot, whatever. Standing blocks. We're tracking that. I like that. I would also add the stipulation: the block has got to be above the waist, because you get a lot of uh, Ooh, yeah. a lot of noise from low strips. Carmelo Anthony, low strips. Oh, Alex yeah. Caruso low strips. That they sometimes count as blocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the guy's block. going all, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it would have to be more. That's what I'm saying, like above the waist. Yep. The shot the is shot. going up. Yeah. But uh, okay. Wembenyama would lead that yeah. every single season. I would think so. It could be. Yeah, I mean. He got OG really good this year. Yeah, he did. Oh, that was early in the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when he was on the Raptors. He had somebody else in the first couple of weeks of the yeah. season, too. I forget who it was. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to picture, there. like, does Chet have any standing blocks? I'm sure he does. He does, for sure. Yeah, I saw one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. Who do you got? What do you got? Jump ball win percentage. Sure. Who wins the most jump balls? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I found out that it already exists on a website called, I'm not joking, otherbasketballstats.com. Whoa. Wow. Somebody <laughs> ahead of us here. Otherbasketballstats.com. I'm so, going. of course, I went deep uh, to get some uh, jump ball statistics here. Anthony Davis has the most wins uh, in the jump ball circle this year. He's had 54 jump balls, 30 and 24. Not bad. 
Who do you think has the best percentage winning jump balls, minimum 20 jumps? Of just this season? Just this season. <laughs> minimum 20 minimum jumps. Minimum 20 jumps. Wembenyama? No, he's at 64%, which is pretty good, but yeah. we got three guys who are in, who are above 70% win percentage. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gobert? No, I was surprised. Not Gobert either. You know, this is a weird one because he's a big lumbering man. Brooke Lopez? No, but he is pretty oh, high. I think he's, he's pretty good. High I, he sticks in my mind that he's pretty he's good. He's very good. Okay. Um, uh, you would uh, maybe a, a Wembenyama shaped guy. <laughs> tall and skinny. Yes. Bull bull. <laughs> no, 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 no. 20 jumps. 20 jumps. Derek Lively? 20 jumps. No, not, not Derek Lively. Porzingis? Porzingis is third. He's huge. And then we got two guys who have won 72.5% of their jumps wow. this season. Both Eastern Conference guys. Hmm. Um, oh, what? how about... No, he's injured now. Not Mitchell oh, Robinson. Mitch- not Mitchell no. Robinson. Miles Turner? No, 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 no. no. Uh, <laughs> both potential All-Stars. One is a will make it, and one is a borderline case, I would think. Hmm. Oh, Bam? Bam. Surprising. Bam's I know. pretty short. He's not tall. Yeah. He's like 6'9". It's and all he's, timing, baby. It's all about timing with Bam, and then the other guy is Jared Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. got tall long arms. Yeah. Uh, how about he's the, just smart, too. Yeah, the worst guys in the league, uh, John Collins, Avica Zubats, and DeMontis Sabonis. It adds up. Yeah, that all checks out. Sabonis, uh, uh, Sabonis and Zubats, not great jumpers. John Collins is a little bit shorter. And then this is my favorite stat I found on otherbasketballstats.com. Mm. Who do you think has the most jump balls without having lost one yet? This guy has five jump balls <laughs> that he hasn't lost yet. Okay, so he's obviously not a center, I would think. He's not a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the opposite of a center. Wow. Somebody who so goes a, and gets those extra guard, possessions. So prob- is, isn't an athletic point guard, at least? Kyle Lowry? More of a Lowry type, wow. I would say. He, he's known uh, Brunson? For being, he's more, Jalen Brunson? No, he's, he's known for being fast, but maybe not for being a jumper. Oh, so it's not Fox, obviously. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> It's not. He's known for it's, being it's fast. It's honestly crazy. Colin Sexton? No. He's known for being fast, but not Bench a jump. player as well. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that gives you a hint. This guy's getting into a lot of jump balls yeah, uh, via scrapping. Like, is it... TJ Mc- McConnell? Close. That's a good guess. Close. That's a pretty good guess. Mm. The young TJ McConnell. Peyton Pritchard. Mm, Five wow. jump balls hasn't lost yet. Wow. Guy, That's guy. amazing. Okay, this is effort. a great stat. Yeah. I love this. Shout out to otherbasketballstats.com. Yeah. What a name How for a website. How the hell are they tracking that? I don't know. I mean, they it's, have... It's in the play-by-play, yeah, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. The jump balls I was going to say, it's just yeah. got to be pulled somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that looks like a good website. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to type it in, but the, the standard URL didn't work. I was pissed off, but then I Googled it. It worked. You got there. Yeah. Uh, and I would add something here to the dunk leaders, because I was thinking of this yesterday. Dunk leaders are here on other basketball stats, but I'd want to know random stuff like putback dunk. Mm. Who's doing well with the putback dunks? Mm. Or, let's go crazy, a one-hand dunk. Versus two, two hand, hand dunks. dunks. <laughs> just just get stats up Alley-oops, there. Alley oop dunk. Or are they tracked? No, no, not that I know of anywhere. So an alley oop dunker or an alley oop passer. This man has completed. Yeah, like what percentage? Yeah, passes. yeah, like that. That's yeah. Really so good. know every part of a dunk. You break it up into ten different categories, but then you can put them all there together. So there's lots there to be do- done with dunks. Okay, I love this. I, I'll add my answer, though. You guys have just knocked this one out of the park. Uh, how about tracking courtside incidents? I'm talking spilled okay. beverages. Okay, I'm talking errant doinks to people sitting in the front row or a couple rows. How about I like this one? The uh, the percentage of executed high fives between a player and a fan. 
How many are left hanging? <laughs> How many actually would get nice hand-on-hand clap? How many are just botch jobs? Maybe maybe um, some butt pats tracking stats. <laughs> you know, when some a guy falls in there. <laughs> you know, how they go about it. I oh, want yeah. all of those, that minutia when someone goes into the, to the front row or two and uh, track it all. <laughs> okay. Track who's, it leading, all. who's leading the league in butt pats? I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know. I mean, who goes into the who goes into the stands? Yeah. the most it happens a lot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Lowry every game I watch. I call Lowry's in the stands at one point. In a the lot of surface area too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Accidental butt pats. They don't even mean to. Someone ten rows back is like, yeah, he's touching his I butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, good stuff. Next one. All this talk of all spectacle slash spectacled teams has me thinking of the opposite. What is the best team you could assemble from the most unwatchable players of all time? Whoa, Alex. Good question. The most unwatchable players of all time. It's difficult. <laughs> Great question. Crowdsourced it uh, last night because I didn't have a full five. I actually think point guard and wing are the hardest positions to find because even, you know, even like uh, the most infuriating athletic guys do cool stuff from time to time yeah. it's a lot easier to find the bigs uh, is what I'm saying yeah. here so that's true um, I asked on Twitter last night got a lot of responses uh, people had a lot of answers here so I'm gonna start with a guard I thought the the point guard was a hard spot I got D'Angelo Russell okay I can see why because I don't understand how this guy has such a devoted fan base when he's hot it's like cool step backs and it looks okay. But I don't feel like he has a sick highlight reel or anything like that. He's a good passer. Mm-hmm. He throws some flashy ones, yeah. but I don't know. A lot of people were voting for Trey Young yeah. as a guard. See, I knew, like, in answering this, or people, like, doing the crowdsourcing, like you said, that there would be, like, I assume, like, a lot of Trey Young, Harden, Embiid. Like, the idea of, like... Those were the top three guys. Guys that and, and, for And Giannis as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way. It's all personal opinion. But, okay, D'Angelo Russell. I don't, and I was I don't surprised mind. to see a lot of people were saying SGA uh, as a flopper. Interesting. Okay. Uh, easiest choice, uh, shooting guard James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest vote-getter out there. He's changed his game a little bit here, but people are tossing it back to the Houston days when it was uh, only step-backs and arm rips. Yeah. Here's a tough question, though. Small forward. I'm going to give you four choices. Okay. Paul Pierce, which was a high vote getter as well. The old man game, lots of pump fakes. Not a guy that people root for all that often at this point in his career. But I, despite Paul Pierce sometimes being infuriating, in the clutch time, he was fun to watch. I'll give him that. I think people have been infuriated post-career, probably, by yeah, Paul Pierce. Yes, though, why, I agree. You called. know what they used to call him? Put him away, Paul. Put him away, Paul. <laughs> they called him that back in the day. Uh, Carmelo Anthony? Oh, wow. See, that's... That was a no for me as well. That's insane. No. Yeah. I was surprised that one got suggested so often. Um, I don't know. Josh Smith? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> a highlight reel guy. He's got great highlights. Yeah. That's the thing for me. I think that's more of, if you're a fan of his team, he could be infuriating to watch. Yeah. Because you're like, why are you shooting so many yeah. threes, Josh? Yeah. And then Kyle Anderson was another guy who got a handful of uh, votes. <laughs> I think because he's very slow, but then his free throw release... That thing looks crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. I know that free throw smells crazy in there. So I don't know who you're going with. Paul Pierce, Carmelo, Josh Smith, or Kyle Anderson. I think I'd probably go Paul Pierce. All right, I, I probably do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, that's because, yeah, maybe uh, he was always beating our teams and stuff like that. And he was just, like, easy to hate for some reason. Yes, he was. And the, yeah. and, and the way he plays, for sure. It's it's uh, Like, you what, know. you're going to shoot another 15-footer yeah. from the right elbow? Yeah. Right. And it's going in again? That is infuriating. Uh, Poop-pee. I'm, I'm giving it to Poop-pee, <laughs> for sure. 
Oh, that works. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, my first choice here for most unwatchable player in the league, it's Julius Randle at power forward. Uh, mm. If he's destroying your team, it sucks. Because <laughs> you're like, he's just running over your guys, yeah. throwing some slop up to the rim. It bounces around and goes in. Or he shoots an 80-foot high three-pointer that you're like, there's no chance that goes in. And it's somehow the purest swish. <laughs> Every basket he scores looks like a mistake. Yeah. Every shot is tough. And when he's cooking you, it sucks, man. Yeah. It's a good one. I feel like I had a lot of Knicks fans also voting for Julius Randle yeah, on this I one, which is hilarious. Why. And then we got a lot of choices at the center position. There's uh, some guys who were tough watches offensively. So choose between uh, your four here. Rudy Gobert. Okay. Not a great offensive player. No. Just airballed a couple of free throws. The Clippers <laughs> were loving it, but he hit four straight to win it uh, for Minnesota. I also got Tristan Thompson in the mix. <laughs> okay. Not a stellar offensive watch. And then two... Uh, Currently retired players, Kendrick Perkins, and Ooh. to show that I'm not being completely biased here, Joachim Noah, who I can't imagine was an enjoyable watch for non-Bulls fans. Right, right, right. So Ooh. Gobert, Tristan, Perkins, or Joachim Noah. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? Who am I picking? Yeah, the, uh, the the media hate is real with the Kendrick Perkins. That's that's for sure. Uh, I'm fine with Gobert these days. I don't know. I've grown He's the on best him. player. Yeah. Of Absolutely. Players. And he doesn't try and shoot and all that. So I can understand. He kind of looks like Joakim Noah sometimes. The dribbles ain't that pretty. <laughs> uh, but he gets things done. Perkins. And who was the fourth that I really want to take? Um, Noah. Joakim oh, Noah. Oh, I can't. I never take Joakim Noah. I love that guy. This is tough. Backdoor passes. I think it's Perk or Tristan, so I'd probably, oh, yeah, go, I'd probably go Perkins. Remember when he hit that jumper from the free yeah. throw line? He, like, <laughs> he did like a full lunge with the release. <laughs> that was an amazing <laughs> shot. I heard they were going to make that into the new logo at one point in time, but it, they just haven't figured out the design yet. So, okay, our uh, most unwatchable players, D'Angelo Russell, James Harden, Paul Pierce, Julius Randle, and Kendrick Perkins making the list. How good would that team be? Russell, Harden, Pierce, Randall. It's not a bad team. Like, That's a lot peaks. of lefties. Three lefties. Wow. Russell, Harden, and Randall. A lot of guys who can score. A lot of iso ball, though, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. believe. At their peak of their powers, yeah. for sure. And Perkins just out there screening hard. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting Great, them open. Creating space, yep. man. That, team, that team's winning 40 games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Team's in the play-in, for sure. All right, next one here. Uh, Knights of the no-dunks table. You guys mentioned on a recent pod that the Kings just can't seem to beat the Pelicans this year. And that's probably an understatement. The Kings are 23-13 and 13 against every team except New Orleans. However, you know, against those Pelicans, they're 0-4, scoring just 105.5 points per game, which would be last in the NBA, and allowing 126.5 points per game, which would also be last in the NBA. Pelicans have just owned them. Given their success against other teams, you'd expect the Kings to be at least a little bit better against the Pels, but they're really, truly terrible. Which leads me to my question. What is something that other people, or you, yourself, would expect you to be good at, but you're actually really terrible at it? And that is from Josh Shanes. <laughs> what is something that, uh, yeah, other people, or yourself, you would expect to be good at, but you're just not? Anything come to mind? Answering this question, in all honesty, <laughs> this ain't a good answer, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say. Uh, although I will say, I will say cooking. When people think okay. of Greek food, they think, damn, that's good, because it is good. Yeah. Um, however, I've been pampered my entire life. My mom made me every <laughs> every meal I've had. Uh, my wife, Danielle, is a cook. I don't cook shit. Um, however, uh, we do have a jar of leaves, so I'm looking forward to making some dolma this one year. There you go. But I might just, I might just, 
I might just leave him there for a couple of years. Uh, so yeah, not a good answer there. But like my man John, John Corrales, we love good food. I think it's a good answer. I could see people would. I don't know. I think. You're right. People would expect you like, yeah, you probably know your way around the kitchen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I made an eggnog a few weeks ago. (laughs) It was good. It wasn't a Greek nog, but it was still good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What do you got here, TK? Uh, If I'm at a new pickup run, I like to make sure people know that Trey is my given name. Not earned from three-point shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Look, look, my mom just liked the name, okay? She saw it on a soap opera. (laughs) Got a tattoo for a three, but it's just because of my name. Mm. I'm not shooting threes out there. Right. (laughs) Uh, you had a nice, well, this was a couple weeks ago now, but you had one night you were on fire from distance. Well, that's true. You were That night I earned it. You did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that guy's name's Trey. <laughs> He's on fire from three. Um, yeah, my answer for this one, I, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty meticulous. Uh, I like things done a certain way. I'm pretty anal. I should be good at wrapping gifts. I suck at it. And I hate it. But it's yeah. weird. That be, should be a thing. Like, I mean, am I right? Yeah. Don't you think? I'm surprised that you're not. I know. Yeah. I, I can't stand it. I get frustrated with it. And then I just don't care. <laughs> and then it's the whole idea of like, why am I doing this? Like, someone's just going to rip this apart. <laughs> start getting in my head about oh, it. That's what it's about. Mm. It's the logic of it. The logic. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Pardon <laughs> it's the pun. a waste. Yeah, true. <laughs> you got an answer for this one, JD? Uh, you know, people are intimidated by me on the pickleball court. I'll walk on. I'll have my headband on. I'll be all decked out. I, I suck. <laughs> I also look like I'm like I'm gonna slam the ball a lot. But people a, are like, but, a, but I'm a very much a let's slow it down, let's dink, guys, let's keep it dainty and dinky. That's how I like to play. Dainty, dainty and dinky. That's right. I can't handle the big slams, so yeah. But you you think when you walk up to that well, court, bit, people are like, oh, this guy. Is I can see like when it, like a 65 year old woman like starts to sh- like, I don't want to play this guy. I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> and then they kill you. <laughs> yeah, they just destroy me. Yeah. So. Don't judge a book by its cover. Right. Don't judge a bearded man. <laughs> wait, wait. Don't judge a pickleball player by his beard. That's right. I guess. Old saying. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Uh, right, slam ball. Slam ball would be fun. Seeing JD slam stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Before we move on, because uh, this came up actually at our pickup run on Thursday, we started talking about our podcast. Have you ever shot a basketball? Shot Jamie? a basketball? Yeah. Yes, of course. Okay. Is there? Is it on film? Have we Ooh, ever recorded question. you shooting a basketball? No, because I'm usually the one yeah. shooting. So yeah. I don't think... Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. Because <laughs> that came up. We were like, yeah. we were talking Couldn't about, yeah, remember. yeah, we've been doing this nearly 20 years, and uh, you know, JD's our producer. He doesn't like basketball that much. And then we're like, in fact, I don't know if he's ever actually <laughs> shot a basketball. We were sort of joking, and then we were like, yeah. hold on, has Wait he? A second. I can't remember footage of you ever doing no. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it's ever. It's, it's not caught on film. <laughs> <laughs> like there is footage. I don't shoot that. on film. No. Wait, I, play, I played with my kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, I stink at that. <laughs> that should be my answer. People are like, oh, you've produced a basketball podcast for 20 years? Oh, great. Let's talk. Let's break it down. What are your thoughts? I have no thoughts. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just love the game. You only play it? No, nope, never touch not the really. ball. <laughs> <laughs> don't care for it, to be honest. <laughs> right, I don't really like sports, actually. <laughs> I'll see myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question here. Hey, No Dunks crew. Is Alperin Shengun an all-star? No, but on a serious note, who are the guys you would love to see make an all-star game this year, even though, you know, it's not going to happen for them? Could be young guys who just haven't proven themselves enough or guys that would just make the all-star game more fun. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Mm. Nate. 
So who you got that won't make it, but you just want to see him there. Okay, I got a few names here. I'm sort of predicting some all-star snubs, I guess, yep. is what we're getting at here. Uh, I think Scotty Barnes is going to be an all-star snub. Same, yeah. I do not think he will be selected, at least in the first go-around. Trey's always brought this up, that uh, once you get into the injury replacements, uh, a lot of the guys that yeah. maybe should be there eventually do get there. But the first batch, and the biggest reason is the Raptors are 15-25. and 25. That's um, a big reason. And that's going to be a big knock against him. Now, he's only one of six players averaging more than 20 points, eight boards, and five assists. The other five are Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Sabonis, and Luka. So that's rare company there. And he's a great defender. Racks up the stats uh, in the in the disruptive defender stats there. So he's good. He's He will eventually make an all-star team or two or three or four, but uh, I just don't think he's going to make it this um in the coming weeks, I guess we're going to find out somewhat soon here. Yeah, so and, and Trey Young's on a losing team, and he'll probably get picked first as well. So well, he, he might get voted in. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I guess with the players and media and all that. But yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I got Scotty Barnes. I also have um, Jamal Murray. Yep. Now he's missed time, and that's the big knock against him. He did miss uh, some games because of a hamstring and, and ankle injury, but the record is really good when Murray plays, and it's. Pretty average when he misses time. I think they're 8-6 in the games he doesn't play. And, you know, I think off of last year's finals run, we were coming into this year going, oh, Murray's going to be a lock for the All-Star team. Um, but because of the missed time and because of the talent in the West with the guards, it's like SGA and Luka are going to start. And then it's like there's Fox and there's Anthony Edwards and there's Curry and there's, you know, Harden even is making a case here. Like there's a lot of really good guards. So I think Jamal Murray might might get squeezed again. For sure. Yeah. Um, that's a definitely a possibility. The guy is a playoff performer. His numbers are way better in the postseason. He averaged 26 yeah. points last year to win a title as the number one guard, essentially. The, the year before that in the playoffs when he played, also 26. But this season, 20 spot. <laughs> yeah. Any Anybody does that this these days. And, yeah, Wes is just tough. So it's going to be hard to, to pick a second player, I think, from, uh, from the Nuggets. I got two more bigs in the West. Uh, that we've talked about before, Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama, I don't think are going to make it again uh, on the first pass through. Um, but great numbers for rookies, obviously. You know, success for Thunder and Chet. Not can't say the same for uh, uh, Wembanyama and Spurs, but these guys will be making multiple All Star uh, teams in their future. I just don't think they'll get there this year. And my final one, and this is a, a name that's been up uh, coming up in conversation a lot about, is All Star candidacy, Derek White. I wonder if he is going to get there when the coaches select. Because if it's Halliburton, and let's say it is Trey Young right now starting, there's still Maxi, there's Donovan Mitchell, there's Jalen Brunson, there's Damian Lillard. I mean, Jalen Brown, I know he's not a guard, but he'd probably be selected as a forward along with Tatum, who will be starting. Um, I think it'll be tough. And, you know, he doesn't have those crazy statistics either. I think uh, our guy Dan Devine compared... Derek White this year to Mike Conley from a couple years ago when he finally made it as an injury replacement. Um, the idea, like, you know, they're like the third or fourth leading scorer on a really good team, and that's what Conley uh, was at the time when he eventually made his first one, and uh, that's sort of Derek White here now because it's not standard box score numbers that are going to blow you away with Derek White. Great player, uh, just a lot of other good talent on that team, uh, especially if Porzingis is also there. So those are my five. Scotty Barnes, Derek White, Jamal Murray, Chet, and Victor. I, I mean, there's probably other ones. Anyone else you got? I think Maxi. I think he could easily get squeezed here because oh, of all the guys so? you, wow, you mentioned. Yeah. Well, they faltered a little bit when it was Maxi running the show and Embiid was out there like 3-7 and seven or something like that. I don't know exactly what it was, but he had a really, really hot start. 
and he's been good since, but he wasn't, you know, 50% from the field and 50% from three like he was at the start of the season. And then there's all those other guys who just have the all-star rep ahead of him. And if Trey Young gets voted in, that kind of takes a spot that could have gone to Maxi. And then to Nate's point here, I think Shangun could be squeezed out as well in the Western Conference. He's at 21 points a game, nine rebounds, five assists. But the Rockets just dropped out of the play-in. They're just now under 500, and there are so many... Western Conference big guys who could make it. Jokic, LeBron, AD, KD, Carl Anthony Towns, Gobert, Chet and Wemby, Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, Sabonis, Markinen. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be tough uh, to beat all of those guys uh, to make it into the game. So, good call, Nate. Uh, All-Star starters are announced next Thursday, and the week after that, February 1st, they do the reserves. So at some point here in the coming weeks, we'll uh, we'll do our podcast, probably on a drop podcast where we make our picks and debate our picks and all that. But, man, you just listed all those guys. In both conferences, there's going to be a whole lot of, like, damn, tough to leave so-and-so off. Uh, n- hope for an injury, a fake injury to a guy to get another name or two in there because there's going to be a lot of guys uh, left on the outside looking in. Anyone else you'd add? No, you guys covered everything. Uh, I, I, I was definitely thinking, you know, Barnes and Jamal Murray. When is the first time he's going to make an All Star game? He's got to score what? more than twenty a game in the regular season. Jamal, yeah. not that much yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, and he's got to play. Yeah, uh, so that's a problem. But guys who are playing with low scoring guys, it helps their case. Like the Celtics, it helps Derek Brown's case. Derek Brown, Derek White's case that he's playing with Drew Holiday um, because they're the top team. Yeah, uh, and Porzingis is not guaranteed to be there either, so it could be Tatum Brown and Derek White, because um, the Celtics. You got to take a lot of guys from the Celtics. The Celtics are like really the only team on pace to win easily over sixty games at this point, halfway through the season. But will they get four All Stars? Because that's what we're getting at. Tatum Brown. Porzingis might third? be there. Porzingis might not be there. I know, I know. And then Derek White, so he's the third or fourth guy on that team. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there at least until maybe an injury uh, replacement is announced because it's just there's just too many other good guys that are deserving. But yeah, we'll see. Celtics haven't lost at home yet, 19-0. I want to see if they go 41-0 at home. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While Active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. The Los Angeles Clippers are moving into a new arena next season. It's called the Intuit Dome. They signed Kawhi Leonard to an extension, and then they said, okay, you want to buy seats, you want to buy seats, you want to buy seats. And then the announcements about the seats started happening. Very exciting. It's called The Wall. There's one section of 51 uninterrupted rows of fans. So it's all Clippers fans, and here's front office sports tweeting it out. Here are the rules. You cannot cheer for the opposing team. You cannot wear opponent gear. 
And if you resell your tickets, it can only be in the Clippers marketplace to sort of guarantee (laughs) that there'll be Clippers fans. And then it says the season seats in the wall range from 5,000 to 25,000 fans. And then owner Steve Ballmer, he talked about the wall. Let's hear it. Stay in your seat or get up. You get up, we're going to know that you stood up. As long as you you want us to, you've got to give us the permission. We'll know that you get up. We know that you cheer. We know how loudly you cheer. If you're if you're good on those things, we can give you a little discounts around the shop just to, to reinforce that excellent behavior that we we want and need of our fans to make this thing rocking. I mean, look, our fans have a role to play with our team. This isn't just for the fans to enjoy the experience. If our fans do their job right, it's going to help our team play better. And that's super important to us. Can, can Stevie I, Ballmer. Can I just baby. say something for the podcast listeners that aren't watching on YouTube? That was Steve Ballmer and not John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uncanny to me, man. What it does sound like oh my God. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's hear the details of this one section that's sort of behind a back, one, one net, yeah. one backboard. 51 rows, 300 fans. What's your take, Trey? Feels Good, like, yeah. Yeah, I like it too, actually. It's just an extreme version of, like, the six-man section they have here at the Hawks. Yeah. But here at the Hawks, it's like, what, eight rows, maybe? It's yeah. kind of up and off to the corner. But then you'll often see at a lot of games, like, I know they do this at Bulls games during the second half. Uh, they give everybody thunder sticks for behind the backboard to go crazy. So when the opposing team is shooting free throws, they're seeing... In Chicago, it's literally hot dogs that they're hitting together, like Portillo's hot dogs, which is funny. But they're combining the classic fan section and the classic fan section behind it, and we're just saying, this is everything. That's cool. Yeah. It looks cool in the rendering there. Like, it could look like, you know, maybe intimidating. I just want to know how many games will it take until there's an incident with, no doubt, a Lakers fan who... Sneaks his way in to the wall with all Clippers gear, and then at some point in that game, takes it all off, and there he is in the uh, you know the Lakers gold and purple and all that. That's gonna happen. It's gonna be hilarious. And then what goes on? What do they escort this fan out? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> just block him. Like, yeah, you know it's gonna happen. It. You know it's gonna happen. Lakers fans are gonna be dying to do that. Uh, but I will say, like some people crapping on this, oh, you got to make a wall section, a fan section. Oh, you guys, your your fans suck. This fan base is non-existent. And it's like, okay, yeah, the Lakers don't need to do this. The Celtics don't need to do this. A lot of teams do need something like this, so why not try it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it looks like it could be cool. It looks like it could be cool. And then I start to think, has this thing been built yet? I mean, this is coming in like eight months. Then I start watching some videos, and it does look cool. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think there's a couple little issues with it. I love the idea of all the fans being there. Of course, it's like a soccer stadium. It's fun. If you want to be a part of the Lakers fans, there's still another 20,000 seats in that stadium. <laughs> you, you'll be fine. I don't like how it's they're charging season seats five to 25 grand. Fans need to afford some crap, you know? That's like it can be up there. Um, so I think so that maybe they're, they're overpriced. They're a little overpriced. Yeah, I, I mean, don't. They're good I, seats. Yeah, You're yeah. Not like up in the nose. Yeah, I guess they're not overpriced when you compare it to every other arena. They're, they're not overpriced yeah. if I'm being monitored for my behavior. <laughs> they're gonna know when you're standing up, sitting down, farting. Yeah, burping. fuck that. You might it's... get a little discount. <laughs> a little discount. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if the Clippers suck and I want to boo them? 
Oh, from that cheers. section. Well, you're, then you oh, then know. you're gonna have to pay more. <laughs> Paying twenty five thousand dollars already. I can't boo. I can't sit there with my arms crossed. Oh hell no. No, you're allowed to boo. I think you're allowed to boo. They're just trying to get Clippers fans in that one section. They're just trying to get Lakers fans the heck out. I think that's all it is. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll be fine. They're just telling people we're trying to get Los Angeles behind us instead of behind the Lakers. It's actually down the road from the old forum. Like they're they're trying to sneak in people. Uh, they're trying to steal Lakers fans. It's their time. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard not stealing Lakers fans. <laughs> they will. Man. No, Ka- they're not. Kawhi Leonard is still young. Is going to be a franchise player forever. LeBron's getting old. It's our time. It's Clipper time. Uh, so, so you know what? I see all those rows, and I think that's probably like ten thousand people. It's like three hundred people. It's yeah, only three hundred like seats. A lot more, right. It looks like a ton. Um, and it's three hundred people. I, I don't know how that makes rows? sense. Yeah, maybe it's not six the, people a row. I was gonna say this rendering, this drawing, I don't think it is doesn't. like uh, to scale, sort of. I think this is like you said it. We have this in Atlanta. There's like three rows of Hawks fans. You have to like audition. Yeah. To get in there, yeah. you have to be a diehard. You know, you're you're wearing all the gear. You won't sit down. You're doing all the cheers together. Like we've had the opportunity to be in that section before. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to watch a game. It is like it gives you like that European the soccer vibes where you're standing the whole game and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's this really all this is just. <laughs> Some Maybe of our fans in one and, spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a big yeah, deal. Three hundred—that's messing with me now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. there's probably three hundred people in the Hawks one. Right. It, it's it sounds crazy, yeah, and you look at it, it's like almost Maybe like one third of the stadium, almost like the way it's sectioned off. Maybe not that much, but there is a website. NBA.com slash Clippers slash the Wall. That's the one, <laughs> and it's it yeah, literally. But it literally says the wall will consist of 51 uninterrupted rows of a passionate. Clippers fans, mm. blah, 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 okay. blah. And then later on, it says it's 300 seats. Behind the basket and close to the action, the standing-only section is built to house 300 of our most energetic fans. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just are part of... two different things, then? Is it, it possible? Because you maybe said it's just one part is standing of the room wall. only. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay, I, we'll uh, see. Who knows? I do like this suggestion from Coyote Jester, who says they need the Clipper bros to cut the ribbon off. <laughs> oh, yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> Turn up. Love you guys. No pop-off allowed at the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, get the Clipper bros there. Get them in the section. Those Give are Clipper them. men at this point, I bet. They are. You know? they, can, they can legally drink that vodka. <laughs> Um, they're going to be given the tickets, I bet, for the entire <laughs> season. Uh, yeah, that's what I think end up happening. Even with our Hawks six-man section, they just get tickets, I imagine, sometimes. Yeah, but you got to play your part. Year. Like, you can't – I mean, it's Cheer. it's frowned upon if you go to the to the six-man section in Atlanta here and, and sit down. You can, but they don't yeah. like it. They don't want it. That's not what they're looking for. You know, you got to get into it. Uh, but, J.D., you don't want to be tracked, eh, so I don't much. I want to be tracked. I don't. I don't want this guy <laughs> deciding if I'm living up to Clippers Nation or whatever. I don't want that guy telling me when I can cross the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve Ballmer is going to have high standards for passionate cheering. Oh yeah. He's going to have a sen- he's going to have a sensor on. You're going to have to wear gloves, and he's going to know how hard you squeezed your your buddy beside you thigh, <laughs> and whether you touched a little dick. He's going to know cuz you got to give that guy a discount. He gets a free hot dog. <laughs> give him a dick count. <laughs> Uh, all right. I can't wait for this uh the wall. this arena, the stadium. It's so weird that it's called the wall. Why is it called the wall? There's yeah, no walls. Well, I mean, it's, in, I guess, intimidating. 
<laughs> the wall. It's okay. <laughs> the wall of six people. No, I thought it was called like, like the wall of sound. Or yeah, I think they originally called it that. Maybe they've dropped the sound. The wall Timberlake sound. came in and said, "Drop the sound." <laughs> <laughs> the wall. <laughs> no, it'll be soon. Cool, it'll man. be just wall. Three hundred fans. I can't wait to go. I'll tell you that. 2026 will be there. Maybe get there before then. I don't know. You think you got to you got to audition to sit there? All-star? Yeah. You, you should. You got to wear an all-star jersey cheer for the, <laughs> cheer for the Western Conference <laughs> only. The Western Conference. <laughs> Oasis will be there. They'll audition. They'll play the Wonderwall. <laughs> 300 fans are going to be so happy. They're going to be so happy. All right. Okay, uh, let's wrap this up. Holy moly, we went longer than I thought we would. That's okay. Lots of games on tonight. I think there's uh, probably 10 plus. Got some good ones. Um, got Mavs Lakers on ABC. Keep doing that. <laughs> ABC on a Wednesday. <laughs> on a Wednesday. That's yeah. right. It's an 8.30 start for a Lakers game. There's a snub for you. Kyrie Irving. 26-5-5. Five five. Great fire. percentages. Not in the all-star conversation. No. Hardly at all. No. And then uh, we have Bucks cavs at 7.30 on ESPN, too. So that's a pretty good one. And a couple of these other games. You never know, though. They don't look all that great on paper, but uh, we'll see. And we'll be here to talk about it tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Join us then. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, hey, do us a solid. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. <laughs> That's I still remember. love that guy. Clipper guys, you're awesome. Uh, I think they should come up with a – you just mentioned Kyrie Irving only playing 25 games. Jimmy Butler also only played in 25 games. Yeah. Couldn't miss it. They need a new rule for the All-Star oh, game. That's right. you got to yes, play right. 75% of your games. <laughs> well, uh, Tom Haverstrow was calling it the 79 line. you got to play 79% of your games to qualify. 79, 79 line. For, for All-NBA and all the awards or for All-Star? Uh, that's for the awards. Oh, okay. uh, so I don't know what the percentage would be. 50 games, 79%. <laughs> 38 games. Is that right? No. <laughs> 39.5. <laughs> 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 Embrace the day, people. <laughs>